Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is Jordy Sank, director Jordy Sank, and we're going to be talking about his new documentary entitled I Am Here, about this amazing, amazing woman, Ella Blumenthal. Welcome to the show, Jordy. Hi, Jan. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. You're in Cape Town, South Africa right now, correct? I'm actually overseas, actually, on a, a family holiday, so I'm, I'm hopping all over at the moment, <laughs> but I'm originally, originally from South Africa, yes. Beautiful. I, I've been there. Well, I haven't been to Cape Town, but I have been uh, to Johannesburg and uh, Kenya. And I, I love Africa. Wow. Love, And I want to get to Cape Town. I, it's absolutely, mm-hmm. I hear it's beautiful. I know it's beautiful. Yeah. So, to, go ahead. To come to, Cape Town's incredible. You have to come to, to visit Cape Town. It's a beautiful city. And Johannesburg and, and all over Africa. Africa's, yeah, Africa's just beautiful. It <laughs> is. It is. And I love the people there. And, you know, you, we they always talk about the spirit of Africa and and that's very palpable when you go. You just feel this wonderful, positive energy. I know we hear bad things. Unfortunately, that's what everybody likes to focus on. But we can hear bad things about everywhere. But it's absolutely my experience. Both times I went were, were really beautiful and amazing and live in my heart, actually. Live in my heart still. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I'm really um, excited to talk about this beautiful documentary. First, just tell our listeners how this came about, how this story. And, and talk. A, we'll, we'll talk a lot about Ella, obviously, because it's her story. And I mean, anything to do for me, anything to do with World War II and the Holocaust are always, you know, topics that I'm very interested in seeing films that talk about that era. And I love movies from the 1940s, too. But talk a little bit about how you met Ella and how this became your passion project, I believe, for like 15 years or something like that. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So I, I was very privileged because I, I grew up in the same community as Ella and from a very young age when I when I met her I think I must have been probably 14 uh, when I really got to got to know her and I'll never forget we both went to the same Friday night dinner and she she stood up and no one asked her to speak she just sort of stood up all by herself and she started recounting these horrific harrowing stories of, of her survival during during the Holocaust and, and I remember everyone around the table was so completely moved and you know we didn't expect this coming to a, a, a dinner and then something really incredible happened it's almost like someone she almost like she flipped a switch because she was dancing she was singing she was playing with the children and she just had this energy that I've really just never seen in a person before and especially someone who, who's a holocaust survivor you think you know they they've been through one of the darkest moments in history and you know she was almost the light in the room and she had the spirit that just lifted everyone else up with her so you know I knew from a very young age that I have to befriend this woman and I have to get to know her because because there's just so much that I can learn from this incredible woman. So that was the start of a beautiful friendship. And the film was, we started making the film in 2019. So that was many, many years after I met Ella. That was about, like you're saying, 15, about a good 15 years after after meeting her. So it's really been a, a passion project and uh, something that I've been wanting to do for about 15 years. It's interesting that you were so young at the time when you did meet her and that, that who she was sparked something in you. 
you that you knew that you needed to tell her story. You know, I think her her light. I mean, we'll talk. She's she's a truly amazing woman. Her light emanates because she has been to one of the darkest times in our history. I believe it is our darkest time. There's no question about it, and that she transcended that and was able to overcome that and survive. I mean, the story is harrowing that she has to tell, but she. I think her light is because she survived it and now she can truly enjoy everything in life and and wants to bring that joy to everyone. And that you see. You you see her light. You see her joy. You see her energy. When you filmed this, she was 98 years old and she's still alive. Is that correct? That's correct. She's she's last year. She turned 100 years old. And please God, in in July, she'll be 101. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. 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 Is she one of the last living survivors of the Holocaust? Are you... Do you know? Mm, I, I know in South Africa, she's one of about about three or four survivors still around in the whole of South Africa. So yeah, just and also it was such a privilege to be able to record her story. Like you're saying, there aren't many Holocaust survivors mm. alive and around to tell their story today. So it really was a pri- privilege to capture her her story and her essence um, on f- on film to share with the world. Yes, yes, and and it's a gift to all of us. Uh, it is a, mm. if, on so many different levels about who she is. Certainly about aging. <laughs> That's another, you know, that she has amazing energy uh, at almost, well, now 100 years old, but almost 100 when you film this. Talk about how you actually um, convinced her to do this, because I'm, you know, maybe she wasn't really sure she wanted to share her story on, on film. I don't know. So let's talk about, about that, that conversation that you had with her and how you had to maybe convince her. I don't know if you had to convince her or not, but... So, you know, I think because I had such a, a relationship with her after many, many years of, of knowing her and meeting her and talking with her, it was a lot easier than I, than I think if someone, you know, if a filmmaker had approached her without the relationship. So, you know, it was a few conversations with her about making the film and she was very, from the get-go, she was very excited about it because I think she she knows the, the power that um, and the impact that films that films can have. And, you know, she, she spent, she's dedicated really a lot of her life now to speaking with schools and groups and just trying to meet as many people as possible and I think she realized that a film like this with her story um, and capturing a bit of her essence can really really go a long way and spread it to audiences around the world and make a massive impact so she was really really game and on board from from the beginning and uh, and you know it's funny because one of the part the things that she wasn't necessarily on board with was the um, you know about 30 minutes of the film is is done in in 2d animation and to convince someone of her age you know you know a lot of us are very visually literate with animation playing on our screens and you know she didn't really know so much about it and she was quite weary about it but when we showed her one of the what we took one of her stories and we turned it into an animated clip and once she saw that she was completely sold on the idea because she you know she saw how it really just transported you into her story and you know the audience almost walks alongside her and is there with her experiencing what she experiencing experiences so so yeah thank god she was she was on board yeah she she was helping us and she really just, we, 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 you know, a lot of the, the how the film sort of turned out really is attributed to her and her constant watching the film, meeting with us, telling us the way that she thinks should, things should be done and having
having conversations, which was really, she was really just a key sort of player in, in the making of the film. That's interesting that she got more mm. actively involved in the production, mm. but it's her story. So we, of course she would want to, but you know, some people go, you just tell it. I, I don't really, you know, I'm going to not going to be that involved with it, but that's interesting that she was so involved. Let's talk about the 2D animation. Yes. Why you chose to do that rather than you use some archival footage, but why you chose to not use archival footage and to do the 2D animation. So the animation actually came, you know, with a documentary, you're filming and then you editing and you're sort of going back and forth multiple times. So one thing, one thing that happened, we, we got about seven hours. We had a seven hour sort of version of the film, which was Ella's complete life story in seven hours. And what we did is then we cut that down to about an hour. And when we were going through her telling her story in the past, we put stock footage, you know, the, the general black and white stock footage that one sees in, in Holocaust mm-hmm. and World War II films. And the way that Ella tells her story, she tells it with such expression and with with such heart and, and emotion that you almost feel like you're there with her. So, but what we realized from a very early stage is that these black and white stock images and videos were not, were not sort of translating well when she spoke her story. Mm-hmm. So we had to look for another option. And, and that's where we, we stumbled on animation and you know another reason that we really really loved animation was because I grew up learning about the Holocaust in school and it all it all, very, it all felt very much like you know one other chapter in a history book like the one day you're learning about the Holocaust the next day you're learning about the Industrial Revolution and you know let's flip the page to the, to the next uh, the next page so you know you, you struggle to connect with a concept like the Holocaust and, and I really really strongly believe what animation does is it allows you to see the Holocaust in color on your screen and you know to connect with Ella as a character and go on this journey with with Ella so you feel like you're there you're walking alongside her and and you can experience what she experienced and then there's also beautiful opportunities with animation where you know there's so much uplifting moments in Ella's story for example one of the moments where she finds a fragment of a a Jewish prayer book in the dirt in Auschwitz and you know when she finds this seeing the Hebrew letters after not seeing any Jewish items for so many years you know she felt like she was floating through the sky and, and what we did in the animation is we actually have her floating through a sky of all these different Hebrew words and letters. So that's also the beauty of, of animation is you can really, really go into Ella's mind and, you know, communicate the spirit and the this, this strength of spirit across to, to the audience as well. Uh, so that's why, yeah, that's really why we, we loved the, the animation. It does, you know, and you're right, exactly, because she's she's narrating during that too. And so um, it does bring you back. It makes it more, you know, just more real, I guess, in a way even though it's animation you know it's just because it's it's not as you say the stock footage i mean there's so and and, and we see, we've seen a lot of that stock footage in a lot of different movies so over over a period of time because there's not that much out there either you know from the holocaust itself that must have felt like a miracle for her to find that i mean what you, you just think about that in the dirt in what was it auschwitz that she because she yeah. went to several different camps over the mm. period of time and um to have found that just there i mean and completely intact right it was completely intact mm-hmm. yeah so it was it was one full full page that's that either got, probably must have been torn out the book 
that was buried in the dirt there. So it's almost indescribable what she must have felt like, really, after two years or th- three years of being in the camps and not experiencing any sort of Jewishness or being able to express her religion and her faith. To see that must have been like striking gold or finding a diamond in yeah. the rough. Right, right. I was curious to see, how did she hide it? I mean, because if she had, if somebody had found her with it. I don't know what would have happened to her. How did she hide it? Do you know? Mm. So she always, yeah, she always tried to keep it, to keep it on her person. So I think she would crumble it and she hid it um, uh, in one of her shoes. And then, uh, and then um, when she knew that she was going to be searched or had to, you know, go into a shower, she would try and hide it under the bunk in the, the bedroom that uh, her and, and the hundred girls that she shared the bedroom with were, were staying at. So yeah, it's also, it's a miracle that that survived as well through, yes. through all of it. Cause she, she has it. She still has it. it it's a, I'm sure it's framed and everything, you know, in a special place, but she still has it. Was it difficult for her to share this story? Because I don't think she did for a long time. Her children weren't really aware of what she had gone through. And I, and I also want to talk about her tattoo of her number, too. Let's talk about that, too. But let, let, why did she, and it was because you convinced her to share the story that she finally started talking about it? Mm. So she, she'd been speaking in, in the Cape Town community. She'd been speaking to various groups and, and really opening up with her story, I'd say, for the past 10, 10 years or so. But um, there's so many people who, you know, when she originally came to South Africa, knew her and, and had no idea that she was she was a Holocaust survivor. It's funny, I visited the town that she originally lived at. From, she grew, you know, she raised a whole family in this town called Brackpan, which is just outside of Johannesburg. And there are so many people in the town that when I went there, so many people didn't know that she was a Holocaust survivor. They just knew her as this very quirky Jewish woman, but they had absolutely no clue that she was a Holocaust survivor. And her, her children, you know, her children, they have memories of her waking up screaming in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know why, but because their mother really never opened up to them when they were younger. But then as they all got much, much older, she started to very slowly sort of tell them bits and pieces of her story. And she actually, you know, get, getting on to what you were speaking about the tattoo, when she arrived in, in South Africa, her husband's family convinced convinced her to get her mm-hmm. tattoo removed to hide the memory of her past. And, and also, I think it was very taboo at the time because, you know, Holocaust survivors were seen, seen as these damaged people. Mm-hmm. So... Ella went went along with it and she got her tattoo removed and she had this massive scar on her arm. And what she told people, because in South Africa, it's, it's, it's a relatively warm climate, so people wear short sleeve clothing. And what she, what she told people when people saw her arm was that she was in a car accident. She drove her car through a shop window and that the glass came in and cut her, her arm open. And, and she told the story so much that one of her, her, her sons actually said that, you know, the story was so impregnated in, in his mind that his, you know, that this sharp glass cut his mother's arm open so you know it just it just goes to show how how this trauma and this story was was so hidden deep within her for so many years Wow, I was I was wondering when I was watching it um, whether she ever regretted taking the tattoo off or not. Now that you've sort of explained that it was taboo a little bit, um, but did she ever think about because there was something about that I would think about that memory, or maybe it's better to have it gone so she wasn't looking at it and being reminded. What what do you, do you have thoughts, or have she ever discussed that further? Yeah, she she hasn't directly discussed it, but I but I think you know there is there is a part of her that. that 
that does does regret it I think you know I think she's you know now that she's telling her story and that you know metaphorically her scars of you know after telling her story and opening up so much about what she's been through I think it's been quite a cathartic experience for her and sort of internal scars have healed in that sense so so I think there's a part of her that really does regret removing it but like you said I think you know having to look every day at this number I think that's maybe something that she does you know on the other sort of side that uh, she doesn't regret having it removed so and I guess back back then they didn't have that you know today they have obviously better technology to remove tattoos and uh, it sounds like the kind of technology they had back then was horrific to create Mm. that kind of scar on her arm I mean I have to Mm. tell you I watched I had a lump in my throat the whole time I watched this movie and I cried numerous times so I just want to say it was very emotional and um but beautiful but beautiful because she is such a true inspiration uh no question and her energy my gosh you know she was 98 when she did this and she had just tremendous energy i i I did read in the when researching this movie that you had she went into the pool to swim and you had asked her to do two laps you know just to get that on on uh, film and she did how many (laughs) laps yeah she did she you know she wouldn't have it I, I, you know she's a she was 98 and i was like very worried you're putting a 98 year old woman in the water and i said just do two laps and you know we'll take a breather and we'll relax and then we'll see how we go and we'll film the rest and she said not a chance and she jumped in this water and and swam 10 laps and you know we were actually struggling to the whole crew was struggling to keep up with her so uh, yeah it's just in, incredible her energy and her you know her spirits just you know it's 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 absolutely remarkable truly is as i said she's just an inspiration that's why everybody should seek out this film i am here and let's talk about what that means why you picked that particular title for the film mm, so so the the title of the film um it, you know it's it's something that came about by spending a lot of time with with ella because whenever she needs to muster up strength she you know when she's even when she's standing up from a uh, from a chair and she pulls herself up and she musters up strength and she says in hebrew she says baruch hashem anipo which translates to english as thank god i'm i am here so after hearing that sort of mantra repeated over and over again we thought wow this you know her saying i am here is quite a powerful thing because it's something she always says and and, you know, the Nazis tried to destroy her and mm-hmm. she's here. She's living in the present. She's proud of, you know, proud of who she is. And uh, and she just lives this remarkable life. And and also there's another incident that happens in the film where this Nazi guard in uh, in Auschwitz, he, he looked at her tattoo and he said to her, because she had quite an old number on the tattoo, she, he said to her, are you still here? Sort of mocking her, saying, are you still here? Are you, you know, are you still alive? And this is this is Ella's response to to that Nazi saying, "I am here. I'm still alive. I'm still going." So we thought it was just such a a pertinent title. She did. I mean, it's amazing how she escaped death so many times. I mean, it, truly, because she was on the way to the gas chamber. You know, I, I don't know how mm-hmm. many times was it. I know at least. How many was it? Because it was a lot. You know, it seemed like she was yeah. headed towards death a number of times. Um, mm-hmm. God was definitely watching over her, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so she could yeah. share this story. And, you know, Judy, I hate it, the fact that 
you know, at this period of time that her story is more important than ever, um, with the rise in anti-Semitism around the world, not just in in America, but you're seeing it all over, which I don't understand. People who are denying the Holocaust, it just boggles my brain. I just can't fathom why people are doing that. Do you have any insight into that at all? Or, or and, and when doing this movie, did any of that come up? I know in the beginning you talk, you show scenes of that, and I thought we were going. The movie was going to go more into that direction, but you didn't. <laughs> so, um, so talk a little bit about that. I mean, I think this movie is very, very important for everyone right now to see this film, all ages, to see this story. But mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that. So, you know, we actually, we started the film with all these anti-Semitic incidents that happened around the world because it actually shocked us when we were making the film and we approached various um, filmmakers and and sort of other collaborators. A lot of people came back to us and said, you know, why do you need another Holocaust story or, you know, um, what's different about the story? You know, it's been done before kind of thing. And we were quite, you know, shocked with that because all we had to do was, was open up our laptops and, and, uh, you know, Google anti-Semitism, and you'd see all over the world um, in the past few years, crazy Holocaust denial and anti-Semitic incidents. Um, and it's really, like you said, it's on the rise. So we were shocked. And that's why we really felt like we had to start the film with those incidents to show that, it, you know, it's, this is not an old story. Unfortunately, um, people have not heard, learned from history's yeah. mistakes. And, and it's, and it's pertinent, pertinent now more than than ever with what's going on between the Rus- Russia and, and the Ukraine. You know, people yes. don't, really don't, um, they haven't learned from from uh, history's lessons of what hate, when, what, what you know, the dangers of what hate can really do. And and what Ella, Ella's message is in the film, it's, it's a message of, of global love and understanding. You know, she says you must meet, you know, if, if you have someone who has an opposing view to, to you or a different belief, meet with them. You know, talk to them about what what's different, and and what you'll find is that there's far more that unites you than mm-hmm. divides you. And through communicating, you know, you'll build understanding, and through understanding, hopefully, there'll be some sort of a, a love that that is built. And and you know, I think it's so per- it's so pertinent and relevant in the in the world today because we really, really all need to, and especially future generations mm-hmm. need to learn. Um, this message from Ellis that we can hopefully live in a better world. It's a beautiful message, and and it came about. She wrote an open. Uh, who did she write the letter to? Was it a, in a newspaper? What did? Because she, she wrote that um, letter. Something about you know wrote a letter that was um, discussed mm. in, in the film a little bit. Where where was that? Did she publish it? How did that letter come about? So the um, a South African influencer. Um, wrote the most terrible things on all of her social media. She had a massive social media following and she wrote um, just the most terrible things about the Holocaust, you know, being a sort of a setup and Hitler was right and all these terrible remarks. Mm -hmm. And the way that Ella responded, um, she wrote an open letter that um, appeared in a few newspapers and that was sent to this influencer. And, um, you know, uh, anyone would have, if, if someone who survived the Holocaust had sent a letter, you know, with hateful remarks to this influencer, I think all of us would have understood. But Ella really approached this influencer with with such a genuine love, saying to her, you know, she wants to meet with her and she wants to share a cup of, 
of tea with her and and you know for for them to discuss and and uh, you know and to talk and it was just such a beautiful gesture from someone who you know had been through through the holocaust and you know to want to sit with the holocaust and i at a table um to really just discuss the matter it was just so you know it it was just ella you know there's, there's no other way to to explain it because it's just something that she would do and and all of us would would you know we would ne- never understand how she can do it so right. um it was just right. you know it was just ella <laughs> it's ella yes did she did the influence her influence her um meet with her or not? No. She's, she, unfortunately, to this day, she's never heard, yeah, yeah. Uh, never heard or got a response from uh, yeah. from the influence. And she, and she says she's still waiting. She's hopeful that that one day maybe she will get that response. So uh, I hope so too. Ella's story is a pure inspiration for everyone, and it really is what we need more in life: is more love and um, openness and communication and understanding and compassion. <laughs> you know. And so her story is just a wonderful, timely. Well, it's a story we need to hear all the time, but it's really right now even more so. So I wish you much, much success, Jordy, with this film. Where can people see I Am Here about Ella Blumenthal? So the, the film is currently playing at uh, at cinemas across the uh, the US. Um, I'll share with you a link where, where viewers can uh, can find a full uh, ske- uh, schedule and be able to book for the film. Um, right. And then it also will be available on uh, VOD platforms and streaming platforms on the 24th of May. Wonderful. Um, so, uh, so people will be able to view it from their home. Great. Well, thank you, Jordy. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. And again, much success with the film. Mm, thank you, Jan. Thank you. It's been lovely speaking with you. You too. You too. If you have missed any of the Jam Price Show's All About Movies, you can go to my website, thejampriceshow.com, where all the shows are archived. Also, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it, we are there. Also go to my YouTube channel and subscribe and like it and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Jam Price Show. Thank you all for listening. Jam Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jam Price Show, all about movies.